So as I said, we are beginning the Advent season. And if you don't know, and I mean, I didn't grow up in church, so a lot of words like that I just had no context for, you know. And sometimes you get too afraid to ask, you know, you've been around too long and you don't know. But if you don't know, Advent is, is Latin for, for, for coming. It is, is about Jesus' coming. Traditionally, the, the first week of Advent um, is about hope. And we're going to hear a little bit from Pastor Brian this morning on a video, not a full-length message or anything, but we're going to hear from him a little bit because he, he still wanted to kick off our Advent series. We just finished his series on the book of Romans, and as you know, we've been interspersing those with these testimony and praise Sundays. Well, now we want to do that throughout Advent. So each week, we'll, we'll be hearing from um, some selected people that, that, are, that have a testimony to share but each week we're also going to have an open testimony time. So in a minute we're going to put on a video from Pastor Brian, and then after that I'm going to open it up for any testimonies. So being that this first week is about hope, one of the best ways that God feeds our hope, and I do believe our hope is something that needs fed, it needs stewarded in our lives. One of the best ways that God feeds our hope in Him is through hearing what He's doing, how He works in small ways, how He works in big ways, as I look around, I, I, I know there's people here who have had seen God work in some great ways. I'm thankful for that. So you're going to have the chance to share if you uh, would feel led. Because we're streaming this service specifically, um, we'd, if you could come up and use uh, the microphone. You could use sanitizer there before you grab the microphone. And uh, just so that people can make sure they can hear it online. So we're going to watch the, the video from Brian here in a minute, and then we're going to go into our testimony time, and then eventually um, I'll share a bit, and we'll also have communion. So let's go ahead and watch that video from Pastor Brian, and then we'll go into our time sharing. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm glad that you're able to be with me, even though I'm with you remotely. Uh, probably wouldn't want me around you right now. I'm a few days into COVID-19. Um, Thank you for your prayers so far. Uh, my symptoms have been relatively mild and I haven't felt too awful bad. Um, but I, I did want to share just a little bit with you today. Today is our, our Sunday where uh, we're just going to spend some time praising God for all of the great things that he's done. And, uh, you know, it's like we've said over the course of the past six months or so, that it's pretty easy to get our heads down, looking at ourselves, thinking about all the bad things that are going on. Um, and yet God is on the move and God is doing a lot of really cool things. And uh, so we just want to take some time to stop and praise him and thank him and celebrate him, especially as we enter into this Advent season, a time of celebrating the fact that Christ came to earth uh, so that we could have life in him. We're just so thankful to be here and uh, to be able to worship and praise him. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Um, and you know, uh, it might not be exactly in the way that we planned. I'm certainly not, I hadn't planned on uh, talking to you today from my my living room. Uh, I didn't plan on talking to you today while I was sick with COVID. Uh, I didn't plan on a lot of things, but that that's where we are. Um, and it might, and that life's that way is sometimes you, life doesn't look the way you think it should. Um, and it's not the way that you would have planned it, 
but sometimes that's how God gets you places, and that that's the thing that we want to talk about today, um, because God has been doing some awesome things this year. Sometimes it's just like Elijah's servant, where we get our head down, and we think, uh, and we look around and go, man, everything is so bad, but what we don't see is God and his angels just all around us. And sometimes we just need to see things from God's perspective. And and like I said, you know, it may not be in the direction that we plan to go, but sometimes that's the way God moves. It's in a direction that we wouldn't have planned, but it's the way that God accomplishes his will. You know, we just finished Romans. And in Romans chapter 15, Paul said... But now I've finished my work in these regions, and after all these long years of waiting, I'm eager to visit you. I'm planning to go to Spain, and when I do, I'll stop off in Rome. And after I've enjoyed your fellowship for a little while, you can provide for my journey. But before I come, I have to go to Jerusalem to take a gift to the believers there. For you see, the believers in Macedonia and Achaia have eagerly taken up an offering for the poor among the believers in Jerusalem. They were glad to do this because they feel they owe a real debt to them. Since the Gentiles received the spiritual blessings of the good news from the believers in Jerusalem, they feel the least they can do in return is to help them financially. As soon as I've delivered this money and completed this good deed of theirs, I will come to see you on my way to Spain. Now that's what Paul says to the Romans in in his letter, except Paul had his little version of 2020 happen in his life. And when he got to Jerusalem to take that gift there, he got arrested. He never made it to Rome to preach to the believers the way that he wanted to. He did make it to Rome. He just made it to Rome as a prisoner. In Acts 28.16, it says, When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. And then in verses 20. In chapter 28, verses 30 and 31, it says, For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. See? There again, God provided a way. God made a way for something to happen, even it though it wasn't the way that Paul had planned, even though it wasn't in the best circumstances, God provided a way for Paul to be able to preach in Rome. It just wasn't the way that Paul had planned it. So, even when things like seems like things are going sideways and they're going bad and your plans seem like they're being wrecked, I don't know how many of you had to change your Thanksgiving plans this year. I know we did. I know, you know, sometimes it seems like the devil is winning and and you go just, God, what are you doing? Sometimes God is just getting you onto the path that's a little different, but it's the path where he wants you. So, like I said, this Advent season is going to be all about praise. Praise that even in the midst of craziness... God is still good as ever. Praise that God will bring you through. Praise that if you still search for Jesus, you still find Jesus. Praise that God still does extraordinary things through ordinary people. Praise that even when things get rough, that we've never been forgotten by God and that God loves us. Praise that God is a God of promises and and promises kept. 
that God is faithful. And even if what the path that we're on looks like is different than what we would have planned, and it looks like nothing like we thought it would, we're okay because we know that we're on the path that God wants us to be on. So today I just want to talk for a minute about finding Jesus and finding praise in this Christmas. This Advent season, like I said, we're going to dedicate most of it to testimonies, to your stories of what God's doing. But we're going to have some short devotionals of people praising at the original Christmas when Jesus was born. So today we're going to just start with the wise men. This is Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose ahead of them, and they followed it until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Even the wise men's plans didn't go the way they thought they would. Sometimes wisdom, in their case, looks like a plan diverted. Sometimes wisdom, maybe even in our case, looks like a plan diverted. So, these magi, these Oriental wise men, these scientists. But the first king that they encountered wasn't Jesus. It was Herod, the king who had made the order to execute all the babies two years old and under in that town uh, because he was afraid of them. He was afraid that his power would be taken away. And, I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense for the wise men to go to the king's palace, if they hear that a king has been born, it makes sense for them to go to Herod's palace because the king's palace would be a good place to look if you're looking for a king of the Jews. But what they found, it wasn't the thing that they were looking for. And I don't know if this year you have found some things that you weren't looking for. I know certainly this weekend I found something that I wasn't looking for. Uh, things that you don't want, things that took you off the path that you wanted to be on, or, or this year has just maybe left you feeling a little bit disappointed, or like you didn't find what you were searching for, and you've been let down. But if that's you, I just want to encourage you from the wise men today. 
if what you found has left you wanting more, keep searching because you maybe just haven't found Jesus in that situation yet. In verse 9, it says, After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. For the wise men, Christmas meant praising because they finally found the thing that they had been searching for. It meant they were praising because they found the one that was worthy of their praise, worthy of the one to give their gifts to. They found the one that brought them joy, and they found worship. And when they found Jesus, when they found the true source of praise and worship, God sent them back a different way than they came. So I'm just wondering, how have you found Jesus this year? How has God changed your course, interrupted your life, so that you're going out of this year differently than when you came into it? And you're going out of it differently than when you came in because you've encountered Jesus in this year. In what way have you found what you've been searching for and it was Jesus all along? In what ways have you experienced joy, experienced Worship. How have you experienced worship this year? Because you found Jesus on this path that none of us would have picked. How have you seen God at work? Because like Paul did, God got you where he wanted you to be. It just wasn't in the way that maybe you planned on getting there. So, Today we're going to just share some stories. How have you seen God show up? How have you found Jesus in these times? What, what's your story? I'd love to hear it. And I'll be watching online today. So as Pastor Brian just shared, uh, it is testimony time. So if, if anyone has anything that they would like to share, that maybe God has been doing... Uh, in your life recently, I'd like to give you the, the chance to to come and share that if, if anyone has anything. Yeah, sure. I didn't talk in the first service. I was just like, oh. But I felt like God was telling me that I needed to get up and say something. Last Sunday morning, I joked with the other praise team members about, I woke up, you know how you wake up and there's a song in your your mind? And I was singing, Jesus loves the little children. And I thought, where did that come from? (laughs) I mean, it's been a while since I've sung or heard that one. Well, there we go. That's why they were caught. Um, But anyway, uh, that just kept, it just stayed on my mind through the week. And, you know, the words at the end say, 
um, Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. And those words just kept going in my mind, precious in his sight. Am I precious in his sight? And I think that's what God was just trying to say. You're precious in my sight, and you are too. Everyone sitting here, every person listening, everybody is precious in his sight. And I think we need to remember that, how much he loves us. And then I was, we've been studying um, the book of Mark. We have a Max Lucado book on the book of Mark at Grace and Grit. And so I've been studying that really hard. And um, there was a line in that that said, um, they were talking about all the people that just came to see Jesus do miracles. And that was wonderful. Jesus touched so many and just hordes of people would be there. He couldn't even make it through. Hardly, you know, he had to sit in a boat just to preach to them. There were so many people. And uh, Max Lucado made the statement that it might be that the people were more in love with his wonders than his word, than him. And that just really struck me like, Oh, God, please forgive me if I've ever tried to use you as my personal little gimme, gimme, God. I know that he blesses, and I, I pray for his blessings on us, all of us. But are we in love with the Jesus that came to save us? Are we in love with Jesus that gave his life for us? that created us, that is our God and thinks we are precious. I, I just want to get a grasp on his love for me. And through the week, so many things just kept coming on the, you know, on music and this, that, and the other. And it was like, I really do love you, Jesus. I want you to know I really love you. And this song, I just want to, I just want to read the lyrics. It's so short. And this came on, and I've heard it years ago. It's been several years. And this just spoke my heart. And I pray that it's your heart today, too. I really love you. And this, it's a Bethel song. And Jen Johnson and Brian Johnson were singing it spontaneously on their CD. I really love you. I really love you right now. I really love you. I love you right now. We really love you. We love you right now. And this is all about you. And we love you right now. This is not religion, as some would suppose. This is a love song with every fiber of my being I compose. Oh, that's beautiful. Because I really love you, my strength and shield. I love you right now, my victory and my strength. I really love you. Yes, I love you right now. So can we just all just close our eyes for just one second? And inside of you, just 
just say that to him right now? Jesus, I really love you. I love you right now. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? All right, not seeing anybody. So I have some things I, something I want to share just for a few minutes. I'm sure we don't have anyone else that wanted to share here. Okay. So I just wanted to, to share a little testimony, and thank you, Cheryl, for sharing how precious we are to God, being that. Um, I think I'm going to have something similar here. I shared this at youth group recently, but wanted to share on, on a Sunday as well. Uh, some of you know that I lost my grandfather recently, back in September. But thankfully, I was able to see God really at work through that, and wanted to give him glory and give some testimony on that. So my uh, grandfather's 92 and passed in kind of late September, and he's kind of been, had been slipping for very much so the last year physically and mentally. And thankfully, he never got to the point where he couldn't recognize anyone or anything like that. But the last couple of years have been getting harder to talk to him and, you know, just coherence has been going down a little bit. Um, people have had it way worse, but uh, I could definitely see him slipping. And uh, after my grandmother passed, you know, Back in 06, a year or two after that, we got him a dog that he had for about a decade, and that, that dog died last September, and then he really started kind of slipping because, you know, that was just comfort and kept him in routine every day. So one thing with Grandpa, um, I, was, I was really close to both my grandparents. I think I've shared about my grandmother before, being the one Christian influence in my life, which uh, is a testimony in itself. If you plant seeds in someone, it can grow forth. I mean, I didn't have much influence, but I had her. And I, I loved both my grandparents. I spent a lot of time there. As a kid, you know, I would get off, not every week by any means, but some weeks I'd get off school Friday, call grandpa and say, hey, can you pick me up? And I can come spend the weekend. And my parents happily obliged. You know, they were crossing their fingers, waiting for the, the yes answer from the grandparents to get me out of the house for a weekend. So I would go there and spend a lot of time with them. I was close to both of them. And grandma grew up, uh, well, I don't know about growing up, but at least when I grew up, grandma always went to church faithfully. I know that she loved Jesus, but when I would spend the weekend there, grandpa and I didn't go. It was just, it was grandma and my one aunt who was older but had some disabilities and lived with my grandparents. They went to church and me and grandpa stayed home and just hung out and it was kind of what we just knew as normal. So that's what we did every, you know, anytime I was there. And it wasn't until Grandma passed away in, in 06 that Grandpa finally wanted to go to church again after many years not being in church. And we went to the church that my grandma attended and went there for a year or two and before I ended up working too much. And eventually I found myself at the last Alliance church I served at. So Grandpa bounced around churches. He, the last church he ever attended was that Alliance church I just mentioned. But back in 2014, 2015, he stopped attending there. And so large periods in his life where he wasn't in church, and I just kind of never knew exactly where he was with Jesus. With Grandma, you knew, and people said that at the funeral. Like, with Grandma, you knew that she loved Jesus, but didn't really know where Grandpa was. And 
the last year or two, I really felt a burden kind of increasing on me about like, you know, why haven't I prayed with him? Why haven't I shared with him? I think I kind of was resigning to maybe a little live and let live. I don't know. But felt God really convicting me of that. And last December, we were in PA around Christmas time and uh, having some vacation time with family out there. And went over to, he lived on my parents' property, a mobile home he bought. And Katie and I went over, and uh, I just really felt God tell me, like, you gotta, you gotta ask him about me. And you know, it's, the last couple of years have been getting harder and harder to, to talk with him, harder and harder to converse, but still sat down and eventually I, I kind of just, you know, started talking about grandma and, and everything. And eventually, you know, I said, one thing that I really knew from her, I always knew she wanted everyone excuse me, to know Jesus. That's, that's the one thing she wanted. And I said, I know she wants that for you. And I said, did you ever, did you ever ask Jesus to forgive you? Did, did, you, did you ever pray? Did, did you ever ask him to forgive your sins? And it was just short yes answers, but he said, yeah, I have. And we, we didn't talk a lot, but you know, I said, do, do you pray to him? He said, yeah, not like I should, but yeah, I do. And I said, oh, you know, good, I, I, I didn't know. And and so how about Katie and I pray with you? And we, we, we prayed over him. And the, every time, or nearly every time that we'd see him after that, which wasn't many more times, but we, we would pray with him. So then this year comes around and he um, starts really, you know, declining physically and eventually was skin and bone by the end. Uh, so he's losing weight and, you know, we'd pray with him. A couple times we got to see him, which, which this year wasn't a whole lot. And... Around June, he ends up on hospice. He just hadn't, hadn't been eating. Um, he was pretty much refusing to eat or drink anything. My parents are trying to feed him, and he's just really not eating and talking less and less, and I think he's just really depressed. You know, Grandma's been gone for a while. The, the dog's passed, and the body's getting, you know, all sorts of things, and it's just getting really tough for him. So we'd pray for him when we see him, and uh, I tried to get out when I could this summer, uh, you know, I think once or twice did a day trip, just three and a half hours out, spent a few hours, three and a half hours back just to spend a little time with him. But all along, I, I still kind of felt a little uneasiness. Just, you know, did I really, like, ask enough? Did, did, I, did, did, he, did he really ask Jesus to forgive him? And fast forward to September, he, he was on hospice for a while there, and it kind of looked like he was getting better, but then, you know, kind of went up and down. And some of you, unfortunately, have had to watch that. And eventually my parents called me in middle of September or so and said, hey, like, this is it. And they said, like, we know we've said that a couple times this summer, but, you know, I mean, he's just, it's not going to be long. Like, if you want to be out here again, now's the time. So arranged some things with Brian and pretty much threw like a bag together. We, I th we didn't even pack nearly enough clothes, so we ended up being out there for a bit. But threw some bags together and hit the road on, on a Monday night. And on the way there, I mean, our... You know, we, we told our kids, you know, Tate's three, Daisy just wasn't even two yet, and is two now, but they, they know Grandpa's getting sick and everything, but don't know too much other than that. But on the way there, Tate kind of out of nowhere just said, I don't want Grandpa to die. Which anytime you hear a three-year-old say they don't want their Grandpa or great-grandpa to die is, you know, just tough. But one thing that Kate and I try to do is not to give, like, any sort of fake kid answers. Now... Obviously, you, you, you teach them appropriately and, you know, you, 
speak to them in a way that they can kind of understand and, and maybe don't get into every last detail, but, but, but we, we, we want to be honest with them. So I'm driving, you know, and, and I'm already emotional what's going on, and, and I, I just said, Tate, well, it doesn't look like he's got very long, which is why we're going out to see him. We, we want to spend some time with him and, and pray with him and, and kind of get to say goodbye, and that's why we've been trying to see him more this summer, at least when we could make it out there. And, you know, Tate's kind of quiet, and, and he said, well, he said something effective, well, when, when people die, everyone goes to heaven. And, I said, and again, trying to have a theological conversation about people we love with my three-year-old while driving. And I, yeah, I think it's pour, like close to pouring rain or had been earlier. And, and I just said, Tate, not everyone goes to heaven. I said, if people haven't given what Jesus gives us, if we haven't been forgiven by Jesus, then, then we don't get to be in heaven. That's the only way. And, and we didn't get into every detail about it, but we, we said, you know, there's an, there is another place that, that people go if, if they're not forgiven by Jesus. But, you know, that kind of left it at that. But we wanted him to know in some appropriate way that you need Jesus. We try to be consistent with that as we can. So um, after that talk with Tate, you know, we might have had, I don't know, an hour left in the drive or two hours, I, I don't know. But I really felt God really impressing upon me in a strong way, a real big burden on my heart, like, you got to talk to him tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So it's, it's getting late Monday night. and So we get to my in-law's house and my parents, <coughs> excuse me, my parents and their property isn't probably only 15 minutes from my in-law's. We get to my in-laws' house, spend the night, and the next morning I tell Katie, "Look, I, I got to go talk to him today. I got to, I got to pray with him, and I don't know how long he's got." I mean, so I, I go over there and I'm praying, God, just let him have a like a lucid, coherent enough time that, that we can, even if it's just like a minute or two, that you know, that, that we can connect. Cause it's just been getting harder to talk to him. And I get there and I, I pull up and I walk into his trailer and I talk to him for a minute or two, and I can tell he's a bit out of it. My mom happens to walk in, and my mom's kind of been his main caregiver the last couple of years, and since she doesn't work, and she said, hey, can I talk to you outside? She takes me outside, and she said, he's hallucinating. He's on different medicines to deal with all this pain, and he thinks he's in the hospital. She's like, he's just, it's been that way like all morning. He thinks he's in the hospital, and in which once she said that, it clicked in my head. He was talking about, oh, like, so happy you came, and in a way that he wouldn't normally if I came to visit him. Like, he, he t- totally thought I was visiting in the hospital. So I said, oh, okay, and I said, look, you're tired. Why don't you go back to the house, get some rest. I'll stay at his trailer if he's sleeping. I'll just make sure he's okay. I'll call you for anything. So she goes back, and I'm, I pray for a minute or two before I go back in. God, just, just give, me, give me that moment with him. Uh, give me that, that lucid time. And I go back in, and I won't pretend that it was like 10 years had rewound, and he was, you know, standing up and, you know, conversing away or anything. But I go back into his room. He's sitting there, and the way he's talking doesn't seem like he thinks he's in the hospital anymore. It's just like how he would normally talk when I show up. I mean, he's weak, and he's bedridden at this point, and, but it's distinctly different. I didn't ask him if he thought he was in the hospital because it wasn't the important question, but it felt very different. So we don't talk for long. I kind of jump pretty quickly into it, and I, I just say, hey, Grandpa, can I, can I read you something? Just a, a few verses out of the Bible. 
And she, he says, that's fine. I'm not even sure exactly which ones. A few out of this four or five verses I read, I, th- I think this is what I read to him, but I know at least verse three and four. But chapter 21 of Revelation is what I read. It says, then I saw a new heaven and new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. I read at least verse three and four. I don't know if I read a couple more after that, but, but I, I read that to him, and I don't know exactly what I said after, but I think I said something along the lines of, this is what I want for you. Or I know what I did say is that you know, Jesus wants us to be with him. Jesus wants us to love, says we need to love him with all our heart, soul, and strength. And I said, I know, I said, there's some ways God's revealed to me than last year so that I haven't always done that. And, and I brought that to him and he's, he's forgiven me. And, and I kind of asked him, it was a short conversation, but I asked him why he didn't go to church with grandma. And he said they, they went for a while and then they ended up at the church that she was at for the last, you know, few decades of her life. And he got offended by something there. I don't know, it was something kind of small. It was a church asked people to spend a couple of days in the week cleaning or something. It was hard to piece it together. Someone else verified a little bit of this later. And again, he's getting weak and I can't catch everything. But something was asked that he thought was too much of him. And, you know, it kind of offended him. And he ended up not in church for years. And I said, well, it sounds like you haven't always loved Jesus with all your heart either. Or maybe you haven't loved him as you should. And he's forgiven me for ways I haven't. And I think he wants to forgive you for ways you haven't. So I said, you know, can I pray for you? And he said, yeah. And then I realized I had always just prayed for him and didn't always ask him to pray. I said, can you pray and just ask Jesus to forgive you? And he's weak and he's tired and it's a feeble prayer. But really, I think it's what we give God. Because if, you know, the Bible says God loved us while we were enemies, I think really the, the first time you're calling out to God, I, I think a lot of our prayers are feeble. Anyways, he, he mumbles three words kind of while looking up in bed, and of one of which I only for sure made out was forgive. But I got enough to know he was asking for forgiveness. And after that, I mean, you know, I could tell he was exhausted, and I, I prayed with him for a little bit, and or prayed over him for a minute or so, and after praying, he's just really tired and weak, and I said, Grandpa, do you need to rest now? Do you want me to let you rest? And he said, yeah. So I said, okay, you know, I'll be out there if you need me. So I go out, and I don't know, maybe he sleeps a couple hours or so, and people are there later, and he comes to, and he's hallucinating again. Thinks he's back in the hospital. And that ends up being the last conversation, what I would say was a full-blown conversation with them. I think later that day or the next day, he did converse with some people. He had maybe some kind of lucid moments again. But as far as my last, what I would say was an actual back and forth, again, short little few minutes, but back and forth conversation was that. He lives another five or six days after that until the next Monday, so a week there. 
or six days, but any of the rest of my conversation with them was usually, is grandpa, are you cold? No, and you know, the last few days it just groans, you know, and as, as he really started to slip. So, so I, I only told a couple people about this and until the funeral. I, I got up there and, and shared the same story, and I said, I thank God that my last conversation with him, as short as it was, as little as it was, was, was God giving me a brief moment to share with him that he needed Jesus. And the, and the night before, at the, at the viewing of the funeral, my grandma's pastor came. And I talked to him a bit. And, and I, I don't know, we were talking about Grandpa. And I said, you know, I, I thought I had heard something from you before about him praying with you. And he said, yeah. He said, when you're, back when your grandma was on hospice and she had pancreatic cancer and ended up having a hospital bed and the living room for a bit on hospice. And so, you know, it's one of those things where everyone was gathered around for a few days and that pastor came a few times that week, and he said there was one day where I guess it was just Grandma, Grandpa, and Pastor Rich, and uh, he said Grandpa kind of came in the room kind of out of nowhere, and he, he was very much a, like when he was ready to do something, he's like, we're doing this, and, was, and he just came in and said, like, like I got to do this. I got to get right with Jesus and pray, and Rich is telling me this, and he said he, he, said he broke down, and he believes it was true conviction of the Holy Spirit and asked for forgiveness, and and I don't know what boxes to put everything in, what happened that moment versus what happened at this last moment. I know he asked for forgiveness there, and maybe God was telling me there was some unfinished business and he just needed a brief little moment to, to, to pray. But, but he went out asking for forgiveness. And even though I didn't have another full conversation with him, we, we did spend a, a few bits here and there reading some scripture to him, praying over him or even singing over him. Trusting that, you know, Scripture tells us about times where God literally talks to a baby in the womb. And if God can do that, then I believe that even if someone's body's shutting down, the Holy Spirit can reach them and speak to them, even if we can't. So it's, it's fitting that uh, this week, for the first week of Advent, is traditionally about hope. Because I had hope that God would give me an opportunity. I had prayed a decent bit over the last year or so. God, just let him live long enough to come to you. There's still family members I'm praying that for and praying for some equal moments where God will show up because this isn't any testimony of my great obedience. I, I, think, I think I should have been praying with him long before and, and God has shown me times that I, you know, was probably selfish and wasn't over there and serving him and loving him enough as I should. But thankfully, God isn't constrained solely by what we do. So we get to look at, to him for our hope. We're actually going to go into uh, singing a little bit here. We're going to sing another worship song, and then we're going to go into a time of communion to, to celebrate the hope that we have in Christ, the hope that we have for people. I share this again, not so I can say I did anything great, but so that we can have hope for those that we know that don't know Jesus.